How's it going, friends? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods. In this episode of the show, I'm super excited to introduce you to Danielle Citrolo, who works for the global supplement company, Kyoahako. Though you've likely not heard of Kyoahako, they produce many of the ingredients and commonly purchased supplements, probably some that are in your supplement cabinet right now. In this illuminating episode of The Genius Life, we're going to discuss why dietary supplements are probably safer than you think. You're to discover the potential benefits of a compound called citicoline for your brain cell membranes, and we discuss in broad strokes how to find and interpret research. We cover amino acids like arginine and citrulline and the benefit they may have on your health, and we talk about how branded supplements in general can potentially be better than generic supplements. You're going to get a lot from this episode, and I have a feeling you're going to want to listen to it more than once. Now, before we get to the show with Danielle, if you would like to support this podcast, well, that would mean the world to me. One of the top ways that you could do that is by going to iTunes or wherever you are listening to this show and by leaving a rating and review, like Sassbug, who wrote this review recently on iTunes. She said, I recently learned of this podcast through listening to an interview with Max on another podcast. I immediately subscribed and added it to my daily listening queue. I love learning about our bodies and how easy it can be to take control of our health. I love it. Thank you so much for breaking it down for us. Well, Sassbug, it is my pleasure, truly. And for all the rest of you out there, I really value your attention and when you help me to spread the word about the genius life. So please leave that rating or review or take a screen grab of the episode that you're listening to, which would be this one, and post it on Instagram, tag me, that would mean the world to me. The other way that you could support this show is by going to maxlugavere.com and by joining my newsletter. By joining my newsletter, it lets me let you know about all of my latest projects, products that I think you would dig, new research insights that I want to put in front of your face and the like. So I would very much appreciate that. And perhaps the best news is you can opt out at any time. All right, guys. Well, that's it for me. I really appreciate um, whenever you listen to my intros. And now on with the show with Danielle Citrolo. What's going on? Hi, Max. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thanks for having this chat with me. Thank you for having me. So we met a couple weeks ago. We did that wonderful event at NYU Skirbel Center where I spoke and, uh, you know, Cognizant City Choline really got behind it, promoted the event, sponsored it. It was it was wonderful. And it was actually my first time learning about Cognizant and City Choline. And that's where I met you. Yes. <laughs> so I want to talk about all things supplements and brain health. But before we start, why don't you share with me and my listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, so... I'm a PharmD, so I went to school for pharmacy, and I worked as a traditional pharmacist after I graduated for a little while, and then I also went on to work in the hospital as a clinical pharmacist, and did that for probably five to seven years. And then I came on board with um, Kiwahako, and they're an ingredient manufacturer that sells to a lot of different areas, especially food and supplements. Um, and I've been working as a scientific and regulatory affairs manager, um, and I've been doing it for about six and a half years now. It's been a while. So very, very different <laughs> different um, you know, angles. So first being pharmacy and then going into supplement. You know, we didn't get a ton of training in the supplement side, but I had the the training in terms of evaluating science and um, products, and it really helped me, you know, really get on board with supplements. And like I said, I've, as the time going on, really embraced the supplement and food industry more. So what does that mean? You help interpret like the research 
that the company will pay for and then kind of liaise between the company and the FDA? Yeah, I do. I, I absolutely do that. So I am a liaison between the company and the FDA, making sure we follow regulations. I help with looking at the research behind our ingredients and where maybe we need more or maybe, um, you know, where it could be most effective. But I think even, you know, the pharmacy really helps me with understanding the, the ingredients that we use to get benefits, how they work in our body, um, the safety of them and then of course like you know looking at and evaluating the efficacy and accuracy of the science which is like the research behind the um, benefits of the ingredients I feel like people people often assume that supplements are completely unregulated that's something that you hear a lot about from skeptics of dietary supplements is that true false generally no it's not true at all i mean the fda and our government which is our government has set forth very clear regulations on what to do and i think when you're going into stores that you typically buy good supplements at you're going to find only companies that follow these regulations you know there's definitely bad players as there is with any market and unfortunately they've kind of gotten a little more i think recognition than this industry would like and i think it's given a bad rap but there's absolutely regulations that any good company um with a good brand you know is following it and you can also do your own research and don't hesitate to call the companies and check on those things so like when people when you know news articles come out saying that like supplements don't have what they say they have in it you know big expose on the dr oz show like what i mean is that a, an actual risk like when we're buying supplements that they're not containing is it, that is like does that does that fear have merit um like i said most of the time the companies that you see in the bigger stores are absolutely meet label claim hmm. but there are some bad players and that can be accurate but there's also sometimes a misunderstanding on a real like technical level of how to actually measure like especially herbal products you know uh identifying herbal products and ingredients can be really difficult and there's different methods to do so and i think some of that what you're talking about was actually based on different differing methods so huh. it was actually not valid it was just different methods and then it kind of gave a bad name to all of them so the media loves to like really exploit things like this um and it's not always really accurate or you can't generalize it to the, t the industry and in, in all yeah that makes sense so <laughs> what are some things that we should like look out for on supplement bottles to make sure that we're buying like the real stuff the best stuff exactly yeah you definitely i mean I think that generally people who take supplements really like to do research anyway, and they like to take these things in their hands, and I think they should. And, you know, I definitely think you should be looking at what is the bottle telling you it's going to do? So what are the benefits? And then checking those ingredients. And a lot of times those ingredients should have research. I mean, you can Google it. Um, obviously, be careful with the sources that you're you're using on the Internet in terms of legitimacy of the science. But uh, especially like branded ingredients. So you have a supplement, right, a finished product you see in the store. You realize that there's a lot of different ingredients usually in those supplements. And then there can be branded ingredients. And those branded are kind of... I I always say it could be a little bit like toilet paper, you know, like the Charmin's quality is a little bit better than like, you know, the store brand, like nobody really wants that, but depends. So, you know, when you're looking at toilet paper, you go for the quality and it's the same thing with a lot of other brands, no matter the market, but especially in the, in, in the supplement industry, you know, the brands have the quality, the manufacturing quality, which is important for safety. And then um, the research, you know, the, the resources are put into the science and the research behind branded ingredients 
So that basically why is the research important? If the bottle says it's going to do this, they need to do the research to show it does. And research in supplements is different from drugs because drugs, it's easy actually to change or improve a disease or changing or improving is easy in a disease population. When you have a healthy population, there's nothing wrong with them and you want to make them better, it's harder. Hmm. So having good science actually in supplements in healthy subjects is what you want to see. And it's impressive when you see good science there because it's harder to move the mark in that population. That's super interesting. Yeah, and it's also like determining which endpoints to check for and, and all that stuff. Exactly. So what are they saying the benefits are? Well, they better in that the study if you're able to actually look at what they studied. And it should be like published in like academic. It shouldn't be just like off cuff, like science with graphs on the website, you know, because a lot of that's not legit. So and you want to see, are they actually looking at, you know, cognitive health type of benefits? Are the Is the dose in the study the dose that they're offering in their product? Things like that. Where do we find, like, where do you go to start researching a, a new idea? Well, I go to PubMed. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you do too, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I personally go to PubMed. I think for the consumer that could be a little challenging, I think... If you're buying a supplement, they should start with maybe the supplement maker and they should have like some information or if there's branded ingredients, often these companies making these products should be helping the consumer understand the science and quality on those branded products. What is PubMed just for somebody who who might not have heard of it? PubMed is basically your library for publications in the research world. So anything that's been published um, in the academic setting should be be listed if it's a legit journal yeah. um should be listed in pubmed and basically you get the abstract um you can sometimes get the full um study and pubmed is something that like we all have access to and even like legitimate credentialed academic scientists use pubmed to do their research absolutely like I, i've found i've you know i'll read meta-analyses all the time where they're like we searched pubmed for this string of of phrases and you know we did a meta-analysis of all the you know, of all the studies. So I think it's a really impressive tool. There's some other ones come in, like ResearchGate and things like that. But I mean, I think the most, I mean, basically NIH, I think, owns PubMed, you know, and they're the ones trying to keep it like legit and real too. So I think, um, you know, there's other ones too, but I think PubMed is in the academia setting is probably the most recognized. Yeah, makes sense. I think it's super important for people to have health literacy, the same way that you know, financial literacy is so critically important, but it's something that we're all collectively, I feel like, lacking in. <laughs> what are some ways that uh, somebody out there looking at a study can ascertain whether or not it's a good study, valuable? You know, what kinds of things should we should we be looking out for? Well, it, it's definitely not a <laughs> simple answer because it is a little more technical. Um, but we consider good studies we or we call them kind of gold standards or randomized clinical controlled clinical trials and what that means is you know you don't want bias in the science so um, the investigator should be placebo controlled or blind and blinded so I'm sorry the study should be placebo controlled so you want to compare it to you know placebo or you know nothing um, and then the investigator the subjects all the people um, administer the science should be blinded so it's called like a you know double blind placebo controlled trial um and so that is kind of what we call the gold standard um and you know and just and then from there it can vary based on 
what the ingredient is and what the endpoints are and how it is. Um, so it can, you know, the type of things they're measuring can be hard for us to assess um, for the consumer. But I think knowing that it's, like I said, that gold standard type of study already puts it in and really gives more clout to it. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of, the, of studies required to prove cause and effect. Exactly. Really. Exactly. And then there's statistical, you know, those are the kind of studies where we know when we do a statistical analysis, we can detect, you know, a true change. And it's not just like a roll of the dice, right? Which sometimes it can be if you're not doing a right, the right type of study and really, um, you know, designing it appropriately. Yeah. I love that. All right, so let's talk about Cognizant Citicoline sure. um, because I thought it was a really cool ingredient. And, um, you know, I'm pretty picky about the brands that I choose to work with. And you guys, you know, seemed uh, legit. So um, tell me about it. What is it? Yeah, actually, I, I could say probably it might be one of my favorite ingredients <laughs> that we offer. Um, I like it because it has a really legitimate mechanism that's um, – really impressive in terms of what it does to us. So, um, you know, it's basically, an, it's already exists in our body. It's an intermediate that already exists. And I personally, as a pharmacist, I'm always really a big fan of things that are already naturally exist in our body, right? So, you know, from a safety perspective, that's good. And then like, what does it do? So it's an intermediate, it increases um, important things called phosphatidylcholine, which is like a really important phospholipid that helps with the um, the health and wellness of our cells in our brain. It helps with the communication in our brain. It helps with brain energy. Um, so, and, and like I said, the mechanism is really clear and it's really cool of how it works on the brain. And this is just an ingredient that you'll find in supplements. So supplements that like, if you're already taking like a cognitive enhancing supplement, there's a good chance that cognizant citicoline is in your supplement. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, I think we couldn't say this enough because I always try to make that differentiation and thank you for pointing that out because people don't get, what do you mean by branded ingredient? Because they just go to the store and they see products and they don't know how to find it. And so, yes, this is an ingredient and it can be in a finished formula with other ingredients. Right. But because it's branded, you'll often see the, the logo cognizant either on the front panel. You could see it definitely has to be in the supplement facts panel. Um, and again, it's going to be also put with other mix of ingredients. And yeah, we have a good we have a good uh, market share out there for brain health products. So yeah. definitely should find it. And if you can't, you can always look it up and Google it and where to find it. Of course. So what what's the difference between city choline then and choline? Right. Obviously, the you know, the two terms are kind of similar. Yeah, and I, I love choline too, and I, um, but they are different actually, and people don't realize it. So they're involved in that same pathway that I talked about, but choline's a little bit further up and doesn't have as much of an impact on how much of that phospholipid it's going to make. So city choline's a little bit closer and more important with actually being able to increase that phospholipid. Um, and it is also a choline donor. So you get benefits of city choline that you would from choline. So not all of it is just city choline. Some of it can be utilized if the body needs choline, it's going to take it from that city choline that, that you're giving. Um, but it also has, so the finished mechanisms are very different from what choline provides. You know, city choline has been shown in, you know, studies of healthy subjects to increase mental energy, focus and attention, you know, just general brain health too. Um, so a little bit different, but they share things too. It's super important. So choline is basically, it's sort of like a B vitamin. It's found in egg yolks. It's found in shrimp. It's found pretty, I mean, vegetables have a little bit of choline. 
we need it. We need to get, it's a conditionally essential nutrient that we need to get every single day. But I think what you're saying is that, you know, in the body, choline can have multiple different fates where yep. it ends up yep. essentially. And city choline is a supplement. Um, Cognizant is the branded form of it that when you take that, you're basically guaranteeing that it ends up in the membranes of your brain cells. Exactly. You said it really, really <laughs> well. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, like, that's the pathway they share, you okay. know. Um, they share some other pathways like acetylcholine, which is an important neurotransmitter. They also can both kind of help um, increase those levels or support those levels. Um, so they share some, but that specific pathway is the one where they, they share. But acetylcholine is a little more critical in that pathway. Can you tell me a little bit about what, you know, why it's so important for the brain cell membrane, why the, why the brain cell membrane is sort of like one of the unsung heroes of our, of our mental and cognitive health. Yeah. So, I mean, I always think about like how our brain functions and, and I compare it to like electricity going through an electric wire, you know, the communication of that or that, how fast that communication can, can, can go through all our cells. It's really a function of how healthy those cell membranes are or how new that wire is, you know? So the, the health of the cell membrane is based on the phospholipid and how new those phospholipids are and the regeneration of phospholipids. And basically it makes for a very soft, supple um, cell membrane where that, that electron, you know, those communications flow so, so much quicker and so much faster. And it also helps with nutrient absorption and overall health of the various cells in the body. So um, the, the healthier your cell membranes are, the quicker the connections are in your brain, um, the, the better nutrient delivery you get. Um, and overall, you know, overall health is, is better. Like, so younger brains are softer, supple, and we get a little more rigid as we get older and older and older. And that goes for a lot of different functions in the body, right? But that's just exactly the same with the brain. But phospholipids really, really, you know, speak to that and, and, and help with preventing that rigidness. Yeah. That, I mean, that fluidity is so important. Yeah. I I talk about that in my book, in my book, Genius Foods, which is, you know, one of the things that I think is like so critical and so, you know, it's such an underappreciated characteristic of the healthy cell. And, you know, ultimately the health of the individual all boils down at the end of the day to the health of the cell. Absolutely. All the cells. Yeah, all the cells. (laughs) All the cells. We've got a lot of cells. (laughs) It's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) And so what's the difference between like the branded version then of city choline and city choline? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I already kind of mentioned it, you know, it's a toilet paper thing, like quality is the biggest factor. And I think you should only expect quality from your supplements. Also with, with Cognizant, it's actually been on the market the, you know, very long. It was established the city cooling market here in the U S. And so with that, you get, you know, um, safety, you get confidence in the product, but then beyond that, you know, quality. So how we manufacture it, consistency, um, dependability, and and again, investing in that research to say, hey, we can really move the mark in healthy subjects. And we have science to prove that it does increase brain energy, help with focus and attention in healthy people. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of your other uh, cognitive boosting supplements, if you have any? We don't No, I mean, we manufacture amino acids. So amino acids in general, I mean, there's a lot of science on different areas, um, depending, but nothing, nothing as targeted, um, in terms of brain health as 
city choline cognizant. Let's so. talk about amino acids. What amino sure. acids do you do you manufacture? Every single amino acid. Every single one. Almost. I mean, all the yeah. essential, non-essential. Um, we are really, you know, known for obviously a lot in the sports category. So your BCAAs and we make um, glutamine, citrulline, and arginine in the U.S. actually. By mm. And I think um, one of the things I actually should have mentioned sooner is that Kiwahako is known for manufacturing So uh, by fermentation. So fermentation is a really amazing way to make ingredients because you're not making ingredients by like chemical synthesis, which can be pretty nasty when it comes to some of the impurity profiles of these ingredients. So fermentation is um, where you have a living organism actually producing. So biologically, it's more similar to what we would make, right? Mm -hmm. So Kiwahako's um, expertise is fermentation. So we make really high quality amino acids and branded products like I talked about only by fermentation. Um, so a little bit like higher end amino acids, mm. um, and, and, and then they're pure, you know, hundred percent pure. We don't have additives. We don't have anything. It's hundred percent pure product. Yeah. Ingredient. That's awesome. How do you get an amino acid via fermentation? Cause when I think about fermentation, I think about like bacteria eating sugar and then outputting right. various, you know, acids and, and short chain fatty, you know, fats and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean even single cells like bacteria need amino acids to function, right? So they'll breed uh, microorganisms that may be high producers of arginine. Hmm. Um, And basically we put those in a vat with a lot of glucose. They grow and grow and grow. And then we have so many purification stops. So multiple, multiple purification stops. And in fact, Kiwahako provides amino acids to the pharmaceutical industry. So these are super pure, you know, and at that level um, have to be. So purification is <laughs> many various steps to really segregate out, you know, the bacteria and, and make sure there's nothing. We do tons of testing, make sure everything's safe and um, consumable. When would someone want to take like a single amino acid, um, like a glutamine or a citrulline? Well, it, Generally speaking, they have very, very different roles depending on what they do in the body. So generally speaking, a lot of uh, amino acids, the basis for amino acids are they're the building blocks for proteins, right? Which proteins are so important in our body for enzymatic reactions, muscle, um, everything we do, we need proteins, like everything is protein. So the amino acids that are a component of proteins are the most desirable amino acids in supplements and things. Um, but there's also amino acids that aren't seen in proteins. They're not as popular. Um, but we get amino acids from our food too. Um, but sometimes maybe people don't eat enough meat or protein in their food or they have a specific if they're working out extra you know extra or they have specific conditions where certain amino acids could be you know increased yeah i've noticed they put uh arginine in a lot of male enhancement (laughs) supplements (laughs) what's the science there yeah so uh, (laughs) um so basically the science is um 
nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is a compound that our body naturally produces. And what nitric oxide does is it helps with the dilation of our blood vessels. <laughs> so Sounds helpful. <laughs> yeah. So basically what is, you know, what's needed um, <laughs> during that period is dilation of blood vessels. For men and women. For yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so arginine is basically a substrate for the production of nitric oxide, right? And the, we've, it's, you know, the research shows or tends to show that when we take more um, arginine we can increase our levels of nitric oxide which then creates like a vasodilation generally depending on the product it's, it can be short-lived so nitric oxide has a very short half-life um which could be appropriate for men's health anyway um but yeah i mean basically that's, that's and citrulline too is sort of involved yeah. citrulline is named after the rind of watermelon it is it is citrulline because citrulline is actually not um in protein it's not a protein amino acid um but citrulline interestingly is in our body our body does make it um and it's actually utilized um in the kidney and it's converted to arginine so when we take citrulline it's actually more effective than arginine because it doesn't go through first pass which is when our bodies actually metabolize it in the liver arginine does um so we get a little bit more citrulline from the oral dose than we would arginine and then that can be directly converted to arginine in the kidney so there's actually science to show citrulline can be more effective at increasing the nitric oxide than arginine itself wow um but we sell both you know and even combinations have been of the two are really popular um, so yeah. Super interesting. Glutamine. Glutamine, uh, I, I hear is good for potentially gut health. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, the, the cells in the, that line the gut actually need glutamine or use, use glutamine for energy. And it's often used, um, even in the clinical setting to help with people who maybe aren't eating and the cells kind of start to die off if they're not being used. And the glutamine really provides a, a source of energy, revitalizes those cells, keeps them healthy because they're using that glutamine as energy when they don't have any other energy sources if you're not having food. Um, and it also can, you know, yeah, it just helps with the lining of the gut a lot. That's awesome. That's critically important. Is yeah. glutamine also found in food? Yeah. So huge component of protein, really important in muscle health and muscle wellness. So that's a big, a lot of the bodybuilders love their glutamine because that can be, it's one of the first thing depleted from our bodies when we're working out and our, our muscles as they need it. Glutamine is one of the most critical things when they're doing muscle protein synthesis. So, um, that's, that's a popular one for, for the sports. Athletes also love the the branch chain amino acids, leucine, isoleucine, valine. What do yeah. those What do those do for us? Yeah, so those are. There's definitely a good amount of research behind those amino acids and what they do. And 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 this research is pretty, I think, significant. And it definitely shows that taking these branch chain amino acids um, increase muscle protein synthesis. So they support. You know, we work out because we want to really tone our bodies up, make them stronger, and we need to increase muscle protein synthesis you know, and that kind of really strengthens our muscles. So, and it can quickly be depleted when we're working out and exhausting our body because if we run out of energy from food, our body breaks down the muscle and it uses. So if we have those amino acids around to help rebuild it, it really helps increase muscle protein synthesis and build those muscles up. That's awesome. So if we see them on the market, you guys basically are behind the <laughs> the branch chain amino acids. Yeah, I mean, Kiowa is definitely in some of the bigger brands wow. um, that you know. Um, you know, there's other we have there's other makers of amino acids as well, but yeah, we are in some of the 
the good brands. So what um, what areas are, are of interest to you? I mean, like just kind of looking looking towards the future. Um, we are looking at sports performance. Um, you know, that's a real targeted area. Talking a little bit about combining some of our different products to really enhance like the nitric oxide benefit, the cognizance really popular in the sports side too, because that focus and attention is so critical when you're doing exercise and, um, and it's always mind over matter a lot of times with, with when you're exercising, right? Hmm. So helping people really focus. Um, so that's an area that actually the market itself has taken cognizant wow. <laughs> to that we are going to consider, you know, looking at the benefits there before we go out and make claims. You know, we want to make sure, okay, can it really help you with this? I mean, what do you th- can you speak to like, you know, why, why do you think suddenly people are so interested in these cognitive enhancing supplements? I mean, like just from a larger societal, you know, why do people feel so so distracted these days, do you think? <laughs> well, I can personally speak to it a little yeah, bit. You yeah. know, I mean, I people are doing so many more, juggling so many things. You know, I have two young children, I have two kids in three years, maintain a full-time job, have a house. I mean, they're so, I mean, we just don't stop, you know, and it's exhausting. And whether you're that person or whether you're a young kid, a student now that's doing, it's very stressful being a student and all the demands and there's a lot of competition now. So the the cognitive need and demand is there and and the social media doesn't stop. So your brain is constantly exhausted from all that and thinking about that, you know, and I think, I think the millennials are, you know, which that generation is more and more aware of you know, preventing the diseases. And I know for a fact that they're very cognizant of brain health and preventing, you know, you're basically an perfect example, right? (laughs) So it's a huge, um, it's a huge concern, but they not only need it or seek it for function of daily life, but I think the idea also is how can I, how can I keep myself healthy for the duration. I don't want to end up like that. I don't want to, you know, and it's, it's so much more and more and it's, it's not going to stop. I am glad. I, I hope it doesn't stop. I mean, I think that health is wealth. Yeah. You know, in I so know. Many ways. It's funny ever since we met, I mean, I can't tell you how many more when I'm just in this, you know, in the industry, I see more and more trends, like really following a lot of things you're talking about. I mean, just in the last year, it's just amazing. And I think it's a really great movement and, um, you're doing good things. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Well, before we wrap, I want to, there was one more ingredient that you guys manufactured that I wanted to ask you about, and that is glutathione. So can you tell the beloved listener a little bit about what it does in the body and what function it may serve as a, as a supplement? Yeah, yeah, sure. So glutathione, um, I think it's known in the research community, is like the master antioxidant in the body. We make glutathione at really, you know, copious levels. Um, and it, it's basically helping to prevent, you know, all of the little insults we get from our environment. Even when we're metabolizing in our own body, we create things called free radicals or oxidative species that can be super damaging to our bodies, right? And it, when we keep getting insults from these nasty compounds, um, it can really create bad, you know, it can create disease, it can create um, infection, just it really wears the body down. So 
glutathione is there to scavenge and protect our body from these free radicals. And that's basically what an antioxidant is. But what makes glutathione, I think, really amazing when we look at antioxidants and what makes it stand out is that it is capable of scavenging any kind of free radical and oxidants. I mean, it has a laundry list of oxidants that it can protect our body from. And, you know, it's it's not just free radicals too, drugs too, you know, it's high levels in our, in our liver, which basically help us metabolize drugs. Um, and so without enough glutathione in our system, there's science that shows, you know, it can, um, have implications for disease, like I said. So levels of glutathione in the body are really important and it shows people with higher levels, you know, really have, um, healthier outcomes. Um, and it also helps, like, like I said, detox. So it's a huge player in the detox of the body and in the liver. Um, and it helps with the immune system too. So you need, you need adequate levels for all our immune cells to work right. Um, and then also one of the other things is it's like the never ending list, but it helps to recycle, um, vitamin C. Um, and then vitamin C helps recycle vitamin E. So two other major antioxidants in the body. And a lot of people don't, know that it does that. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty important. And I think the consumers don't know so much, um, about that and how, you know, how important it is in hmm. our body. It's super important. It's been called the mother of all antioxidants. That's it, the master yeah. antioxidant. So how do we increase our body's production of glutathione? So just like you, I think the best way, you know, and there's been science to show obviously is diet, you know, healthy diet, fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh, um, even meats, you know, and the more fresh, the better, um, the higher levels. And you don't want to cook too much. So overcooking, overprocessing, it kills the glutathione. So fresh meats, fresh vegetables have the highest levels in glutathione. And there's like data to show how much fruits, but you're not getting a whole lot. Like it's not a ton, but if you have a good diet, it naturally just bumps up the levels of glutathione. But as we age, there's science to show that those levels of glutathione in our body decline could be a factor of disease. It could be a factor of diet. You don't know, but it becomes a little more critical as we get older to really supplement if you're not getting adequate amounts in the diet. And we just naturally, disease is actually could potentially be lowering your glutathione levels. Hmm. There's some debate that I've read about whether or not glutathione as a supplement is you know, is available to us in the same way that endogenous glutathione is. Right. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, there's a bioavailability argument in the scientific community. Um, we did do some research on that. We looked at, um, healthy subjects, um, ingesting our, um, glutathione called Cetria. And we found that we were able to increase blood levels of glutathione with supplementation over a six month period. Hmm. And ultimately, that's the goal, right? The goal is we want to bump up our levels of glutathione to support our antioxidant system, our detox, our immune. It actually helps with skin health, too, a little. Yeah. Um, so we, we feel we did some research that kind of shows the opposite. Um, and so we believe in supplementing. Yeah. Do you, do, what, what are your thoughts on the precursor that some people take, N-acetylcysteine? So I, I think that's also another way to increase glutathione. Um, I'm not going to lie, there's science there too, you know, but the different, there's a couple differences. I would say the benefit, um, so if you're taking a precursor, you're really relying on the body to convert it. So it could be happen. It may not. Um, but you know, science says it can, 
But the other area, which is a hot topic, is, you know, glutathione is really important in the gut too. So when you take, like, N-acetylcysteine is not an antioxidant. It's just a precursor. So you don't get any benefit if it stays in the gut. But our gut is our first line of defense from all the nasty things we may ingest, like, in our foods that (laughs) you talk about, right? And having, you know, glutathione in our gut to, like, the cells in our gut are actually have been shown to take glutathione up and they use the glutathione as like a first line of defense. So having it in the gut, I think is also another way. So I would actually favor glutathione for that reason alone. Um, so having it there as a first line of defense to, you know, combat those, um, chemicals you may be ingesting that you didn't even, don't even know about. That's super interesting. Has there been any research on like the effect of glutathione on like the microbiota? No, but I like am interested myself. That's super. (laughs) I always kind of bring that up because I do think I think there's something there that we could look into. Hmm. Um, There's a lot of research on glutathione. Like it just like seems to never end, and I think that the scientific community is still fascinated by glutathione and still learning about all its roles. But I don't see a lot of science in that area, and I'm I'm personally interested in that. Me too. Yeah. It's important to. uh, to also just underscore that you know we can there are certain foods that contain glutathione i know mushrooms yes and especially porcini mushrooms were recently identified to contain a, a very high amount of glutathione that but I also didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting <laughs> yeah the porcini mushroom they, they sell them at trader joe's yeah in the frozen section wow. um but also uh you know we get the precursors or like the you know um some of the rate limiting um, ingredients required to create uh, glutathione in our own bodies from our foods, Absolutely. like sulfur. Absolutely, yep. Sulfur is a, a important, com- you know, part of the compound. So yeah, so I mean, those are absolutely important and critical. Our body, like I said, endogenously makes it, and it needs all those precursors to be successful at creating it. So I don't think you. I think I'm a fan of supplementing with the precursors, everything you can. I mean, the most important thing is to help increase that glutathione in your body and really combat any oxidative stress that you're being exposed to. You may not even know about. It just depends on our lifestyle, but I would support any and all of those. <laughs> so important. Well, thanks, Daniel. I've learned a lot from this conversation. Thank you. It was fun, actually. <laughs> all right, so where can listeners, you know, if they have questions and they want to follow up with you, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, well, we have our websites um, for Cognizant and Cetria, um, and we're on uh, Instagram and social media. So Instagram, it's Cognizant City Choline if you want to follow us, or Cetria is Cetria Glutathione um, on Instagram. Um, and again, we have websites for each where you could always contact us for ask for more questions or more information. Thank you for that. The last question that I ask everybody who's been on this podcast is a bit philosophical. I hope you can handle that. It's... Uh, Basically, you know, what it means to you personally to live like a genius. Mm. Well, I would say speaking to what your book is about and since meeting you and learning about you, I've learned to be a genius about, you know, being healthy for my kids. And I do think a little bit more about like some of the oils we cook with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, you know, we used to probably you know, we always use olive oil. My husband's Greek, so that's huge. But now I try to push the olive oil for like everything um, and stay away from some of those more seed oils and things like that. But, you know, I think your story hit home for me in terms of being around for my kids and being healthy. 
That's awesome. I'm going to make strides <laughs> that you talk about in your book to be there for them. Oh my God. That's beautiful. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really do. Um, all right guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a real joy. Thank you, Danielle, for being here. Um, or for rather allowing me in your office to interview you. This has been another episode of the genius life. Peace. <laughs>